On today's show, Jason Kidd said it'll take about 10 games to determine the rotation. So what things should we be watching in the first 10 games? Guys, there's a Mavs game today. We made it on Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavs. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Lockdown Mavs your first listen. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know one thing you're looking for in the first 10 games of the Mavs season. Could be 10-0. Could be Derek Lively minutes. Could be anything. Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com Studio 41. The opening day dude. The one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Uh, we made it. We're here. It's opening day. The uh, last time we were talking about Mavericks, like legitimate Mavericks basketball, was some pretty dark days. You know, it was, I saw on Reddit it was 200 days ago. <laughs> that's pretty wild 200. Uh, but it was back when the mavericks invented tanking everybody's freaking out still you know uh, that the mavericks you know we're losing some games there uh <laughs> on purpose we're losing uh, recipes quote. make sure you redact that <laughs> since i can't <laughs> um <laughs> but uh but no i mean it <laughs> team employee talking about tank <laughs> but man it's so good to be back so good to have meaningful Ugh. basketball. I mean, we've had preseason, but this it's just different. And uh, yeah, first game for for Wimby in the NBA. He gets the Dallas Mavericks, so it'll be fun. If you're listening, watching this on Wednesday, October 25th. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is, huh? Anybody? Kayla, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Champ, 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 champ. What day is it, champ? <laughs> On the first one, you got to play the full one because it's an amazing, it's an amazing dirt commercial. Uh, Mavericks will play the San Antonio Spurs. We'll talk about that game. And we want to give you the 10 things that you need to know before, like for the first 10 games of the season. I picked five. Isaac picked five. We didn't tell each other what they were. And so I want to start here. Jason Kidd said he'll look at the first 10 games to determine what roles new guys have. I asked him, how do you determine? Because we had that whole thing with Tim Hardaway Jr. where he mentioned that he should be the sixth man. Then Tim Hardaway said he hadn't been told he was the sixth man. Then I asked him after training camp if he had still been told he was the sixth man. And then he was like, no. And so then I asked Jason Kidd, what's your approach on roles and about figuring out what this team is? And he said a bunch of stuff. And then he said the first 10, we'll look at the first 10 games and we'll determine. So I want to talk about those 10 games as a sample size. My first thing is not the rotation. It will be later on. But one of my, my first thing, <laughs> my first thing. What a tease. Is, Luca, is Luca's health. I think this is the, one of the biggest things. Coming into this, we just don't know what's going on with the thigh, the calf, all that together. We got an update at practice today. Luca practiced fully, was not limited in practice on Tuesday and on Monday. And Hardy practiced as well. Uh, Dwight missed because he was sick. I know that hurts a lot of you. Uh, the Dwight Powell of podcasting was hurt about, about that as well. Luca participated in everything in the pra in practice the last two days. He said he isn't feeling any soreness in the calf, but the thing with Luca's calf right now is 
He didn't feel any soreness after practice or during practice, but what does he feel like tomorrow? What does he feel like on Wednesday? What does he feel like on game day? That's when, that's when they'll evaluate him again. They'll determine if he can play or not. So I feel a little bit more encouraged by this information today. And so we'll see if Luca can play, but I think his health in general is a big thing. I'm watching the first 10 games. I really love right now. If you're watching on YouTube, Nick is talking very animated with his hands and he has an ink pen in his hand. I did this and yesterday too. I did the whole, it's like, he's the like studio a, analyst. Like it's my, it's like, he's like an offensive coordinator up in the booth and he's like talking it out and he's, he's like, really? I'm like, are you, do you have like a, a, a yellow pad, a legal pad in front of you? Or are you I taking notes or no paper? I have a iPad. I could fake that. I'm like, <laughs> um, Okay, so yeah, I have Luca Health number two on my uh, on my list, and we just got to figure out just. Where oh, sorry, he's at. I didn't. I didn't number them. I put them in tiers. Oh, I would never do that. <laughs> you you this... tiered off five things. <laughs> <laughs> in honor of you, in honor of you, I put them in tiers. This is tier one. This is a tier one thing. Yeah, I mean, this has to be right right near the top yeah. for what what we're all watching for in these first ten games is. What does he look like? Even if he does play in game one or if he sets out and he plays in game two in the home opener on Friday, uh, what does he look like when he, when he does play, does he look, you know, it, it felt like at times, in, you know, at the world cup, he was favoring that hip. Yeah. You could see it out there. It's like, all right, well, he's not hundred percent. Or is he going to look like that when he comes back, uh, whether it's that game one or whatever. So yeah, because I mean, we all know everything hinges on Luca. So it really does. He also mentioned that the thigh strain injury kind of comes and goes, and it's sort of hard for him to explain. He couldn't, he didn't even want to explain how it felt really. And so, but that hasn't really been an issue either. So we've been talking about this calf strain. Now that's the thigh strain. You can go back and listen to our episode with Brian Suter. He's a medical doctor and talked all about that. He talked about, you know, how that stuff works and what a strain is and all that. He explained it very well. Luca also mentioned this. Tell me if you buy this or not. He said that he, since with this calf strain and him be him sitting out and all this, during training camp, he was able to get a lot of work in the weight room during his injury. So it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a, a good thing for him because he was asked about his conditioning. Like, did that, did you get a setback because of all this stuff? And he said, no, it was actually good because I was able to work in the weight room. Do you buy it? Swole Luca? Hey. Uh, six pack Luca? <laughs> what are we, what are we working with here? Wait, hold on. Uh, I need a recovery beer. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of six pack? The stash is looking good for Luca stash right now. Stash Luca is good. Headband Luca in practice is is good. Headband Luca with the stash, it's a whole vibe. I wish you could do the ninja headbands, right? Like, yeah, because ninja headband stash Luca would be would that would be a look. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Luca's yeah. health is the first thing. But are you buying that? Are you buying the weight room? Is yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, some, I guess. I I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm not the whole expert on like what you can do. You're not you know, a kinesiologist wise. secretly. You haven't <laughs> you haven't been holding out on your PE degree. I mean, can you can you hit up a regular you know leg day, do some <laughs> squats and stuff when you have a you know calf strain? I don't know. Maybe just one leg. Maybe it's the right leg he's been working on. Yeah. Luca's gonna jump off that right leg in the first game and he's we're gonna be like, Oh my god. <laughs> that calf's gonna be Derek yeah. Jones Jr. is gonna be impressed by that. So Lucas health, the first thing sounded like you had Lucas health too. Uh, what's another thing that you're watching the first 10 games? Yeah. I mean, it's Luca and Kyrie, it, you know, everything. I mean, I said, well, I go, everything hinges on Luca, but really this whole Mavs season hinges on this duo, uh, the duo of Luca and Kyrie together that, you know, so many people feels like they've already kind of, you know, um, 
wrote them off. I don't know. Yeah, wrote them off or written the narrative or defined this duo already based off the small, small sample size we got after it post-trade uh, last season. And then, you know, there's so much stuff that went into that, that, yeah, it didn't work out great, but then it wasn't, yeah, there was just a lot of stuff. And then they were losing some games at the end of the season. Well, they did lose and, games at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. and Whether uh, on purpose or not, they definitely lost them. Exactly. So, you know, the the number one thing is we got to see how this duo can work at the highest levels. And we haven't gotten to, got to see that over the preseason. We did a pod the other day of, hey, what have we learned and not learned about the preseason? Well, the biggest thing we haven't learned uh, from the preseason was the Luca and Kyrie duo. What What is that? What is the fruit that is going to bear from uh, this duo that we haven't <laughs> that we haven't gotten to see? We haven't gotten to see any of it because of even injuries in the preseason. We only got what five or six minutes of them together in the whole preseason. So over the you know the course of 10 games, if we're not talking about like, Hey, health and seeing how where players are at health wise, the number one thing is, well, I got to see what the minutes of Luca and Kyrie look like together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we have, we have to see it. You have to see them work a little bit better. They talked about, Luca today talked about them playing faster and how he and Kyrie can kind of work together in that instance and how they can work better in that way. And so I'm kind of interested in that. So coming up, let's talk about how the Mavericks can play faster, why that's a thing that I'm looking for them to do in the in the first 10 games, and if I believe them, if they're actually going to do that or not. So we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can go and check out Prize Picks right now. It's the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You can do it in NBA as well. They don't have any Mavericks on right now, but by the time you're listening to this, they probably do. So, so check it out, see what they have. You just pick three or more options because I can pick, let's see, Trey Young, 26 and a half points against the Hornets. Oh, come on. Give me. Give me more on that one. I'm going more on that. LaMelo Ball, 23 and a half points against Atlanta. I'll take the over on that one. Who else is scoring on that team right now? And then you can also pick, let's see, oh, your boy Terry Rozier, the, the once never future Maverick, 19 and a half points against Atlanta, more or less. More buckets. More on that. If I put down 20 bucks, I can win 100 bucks. If I hit the flex play on that, or if that's the, that's with the power play, I can win 100 bucks right there with prize picks so go check it out see what's available for you it's great stuff it's easy you can do it daily so you can do it one day and not do it the other you don't have to keep up with it all the time and right now you can get a hundred percent deposit match uh uh, up to $100, so you can get that deposit match. Put down 100 bucks; They'll give you 100 bucks to use. PrizePicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Use the code LockdownNBA. Again, PrizePicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Code LockdownNBA. Get that first deposit match. PrizePicks.com. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. My first shot. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. If you want to support the show, text us. Get text alerts from us on Maps Rumors. Watch film with us and more. Today, I did a mailbag where I answered all of your questions, and I sent you all the answers to all the questions that everybody else asked. So it was pretty fun to answer all those. I'll probably do that in video form later. Uh, I saw Ross Jackson of Lockdown Saints, who has a billboard, by the way. Lock- did you see that Lockdown Saints billboard? It's pretty cool. I tweeted it. Go at Nick Van Exit on Twitter. And you can't can wait see. to see your face on a billboard. Oh, well, Ross's face is not on the billboard. If it was yeah, on the billboard, they would have they would have sold more ad space on Locked on Saints for sure. If Ross's was Rex and everything. <laughs> but subscribe to our subtext. Click the link in the description. You'll get text straight to your phone. Uh, somebody called me the other day. The subtext is basically the Mavs AI of, of like information. <laughs> I was like, I'll take that. 
feel, Interesting. Feel, feel good about that one. Playing faster. We talked about things that Luca and Kyrie can do together to, you know, to be better than what we're looking at in the first 10 games. So something in the first 10 games I'm looking at is can the Mavericks play faster? Luca said this today at practice. I talked to Kyrie about it. We're going to exchange handling the ball. For example, when it's a free throw, maybe I get the ball. Maybe it's not a stoppage, then he gets it. So if it's if it's not a stoppage of play, Kyrie gets the ball. Kyrie pushes it ahead because Kyrie's trying to push the pace. We talked about this all through last year when we had Luca and Kyrie on the Mavs. And when Luca has the ball, he he brings it up slowly, wants to be efficient. It feels like that, like Rick Carlisle, like let's run some half court sets. Let's make sure every we squeeze every bit of efficiency out of this every possession. Uh, but what the Mavericks want to do is they want to push it faster. Kid has talked about this all, all preseason and all training camp i've asked uh i asked maxi how they can do this the other day and i said how can you guys play faster and he basically said get the rebound and kick it ahead i mean what else do you want us to do and then he like <laughs> he like smirked at me and gave me a little like side eye and i was like okay i get it but that's it like they it just needs to be intentional for them to do this yeah but yeah and, and the same thing I, I said the other day was like it's not it's not a bad thing if they play slow either because Luca is very efficient when he plays uh, in that half court in that half court set. Now, can he play at a faster pace? Yeah, he can. We've seen him do it, you know, with some with Slovenian stuff, but sure. uh, there is a benefit. You know, you would go back and look at that. Said this the other day too, about going back and look at some of those LeBron stuff. Uh, you know, when LeBron was in Cleveland and, and some of those pace stuff and seeing him dissect you know, kind of the defense in that half court setting when you have that brilliant player like him. But Luca has played off ball and stuff before, you know, you, it's like the first, you, that's like the first compliment you've ever given LeBron on this podcast. I think that's about as close as you're going to get you guys, see him? guys, a, guys, a team employee and he's getting soft now on us. You see him and Reggie Jackson. That's good little. Okay. I tweeted. I was like, did Reggie Jackson just drop LeBron and Matt Moore was like, he stepped on his foot. So, all right, it's fine. All right, whatever is what it is. He dropped him in my book. The transition uh, numbers, though, they need to they need to just do it because they need to get easy buckets somehow. Luca gets yeah. no easy buckets. He he only scores tough buckets, and he almost leads the league in scoring with those tough buckets. But I was watching Jokic in this, you know, the opening night tonight. Like, just think about all the easy buckets he gets around the rim, and then the kick ahead passes that he gets. Listen to the Mavericks stats. I was listening to uh to Brian Damaris and and follow today, and he talked about these stats. And I went to cleaning the glass, and here are the the stats. For the Mavericks in transition last season. This is all last season. Percentage of the time they spend in transition, 12.3%. That was last in the NBA. Mm. Points per possession in transition, any kind of transition. 30th in the NBA. That, it was like 0.6 points per possession. Percentage of the time, well, they get a steal. So the Mavericks get a steal. They acquired the ball. They have acquired the ball on, on defense off of a steal. The percent of the time that they go in transition after that, 63% of the time. That's 27th. They're not even Ooh, not even out not of a last. not even out of a steal. Transition off of live rebounds. So they grab a rebound off of a missed shot, they get a defensive rebound and they push the ball ahead. 25%. That's 29th in the NBA last year. And like they're last in all these categories. And you're like, "Okay, well, they're just taking the ball up even off of a live rebound or a steal. They're kind of like almost half the time or 3 quarters of the time, they're just taking the ball up real slow, they're not really kicking it ahead." And all that. And you look at Denver's numbers from last year. Denver, percent of the time in transition, 15.8%. That was ninth. So the Mavericks were 30th. Denver was ninth last year. And they have Jokic. He's slow, right? Like, But all he does is get the rebound and kick it ahead. Luka can do the exact same thing. 
They do the same with, you know, off of steals. They were 13th in percent of the time and they were sixth off of live rebounds. Like off of that rebound, they're kicking it 32% of the time. They're throwing it ahead and Mavericks only did it 25% of the time. So they just got to get, they just got to do that a little bit more to grease some of the offense. So it's not just all Luca iso ball. Cause it, it does take a pounding on him to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and I think two, two additions to that is having Josh Green play more and Derek Lively yes. in there too. Both. Two you know, super young athletic guys that are going to get out and run, especially with Kyrie. Uh, I don't know if Grant, uh, I think Grant would probably prefer the Luca pace in that. Uh, Grant had a pos- Grant had a transition pos- possession in the preseason against the Pistons, where it was him and Isaiah Stewart were were both was- gunning towards the basket, and it's like that's like the two like stockiest, thickest players in the NBA. Yeah, and besides Kenny Lofton, yeesh. But Grant Williams was going for the basket, and Isaiah Stewart was coming to defend him, and Grant tried to bump him and any other player, like maybe any other player in the NBA, he could have bumped him. But Isaiah Stewart like took, like took the bump and blocked the shot. And I was like, there's no shot here for you. I, I do want to uh, talk about them. Uh, Luke and Kyrie playing together again, real quick. Yeah. Uh, because I, you know, the quote and some of the stuff that's going around on, on social media about Luca uh, talking about sharing that uh, ability with, you know, with Kyrie and letting him bring up the ball and all this and I think some fans or maybe like a um, some fan might hear that and be like, well, well, I don't want the ball in Luca's hands like Luca's, you know, so good. You want the ball going through Luca. Luca is used to this. Like Luca has done this yeah. in his career. Early days at Real Madrid, you go to national team, uh, you go to I mean, national team even this past summer when we were talking about it of how, you know, you know, Dragas wasn't there, but how many times did they had Nikolic bring the ball at the floor? And we were pointing it out this summer saying, yeah. look how much of this, you know, you're just seeing Luca kind of jog, do his own thing coming up the floor. It's small. It's something small, but it's allowing Luca, not the getting picked up full court, having to bring the ball up the floor every single time or standing down there and bringing the ball up. It allows him just to get down the floor. Then he's running off some screens. He's doing some sets. And that's where, you know, he's still going to get the ball a lot. Like, there's no danger in that. Uh, but he has, he has played off the ball. Before. He's played with another uh, ball handler creator like a Kyrie and stuff before. So uh, I'm, I have zero doubts that Luka can adjust to something like that. No, Luca will make it work. It'll, it'll, it'll be like it'll be fine. He wants to do this. I mean, we, we've even talked about this past summer with FIBA that he was he was doing this. He was kicking it ahead, like grabbing the rebound, kicking it ahead, kind of what Jokic does, kind of what Kevin Love does. You know, the just the outlet passes. He gets a bunch of rebounds. He's led the Mavericks in rebounds over the last you know three or four years or so, which is a different problem. But he gets the rebound. And he's just got to have somebody to kick it ahead. So it's got to be just an intentional thing. Guys are spread out around the three point line anyway. They just got to jump out and run across the court. And Luca's got to look ahead and hit them. The other problem with this though, I think he hasn't had a lot of players that he can kick the ball ahead to and feel good about it. Right. Like, just hasn't yeah, happened. Cause, Cause like you look at the difference between like a, which we don't know if Josh is starting, but like Reggie and Josh green, Reggie Bullock and transitions. Just not, I mean, you're, you're telling Reggie to go to the corner, you know, or, right. or stop at the three point line. Uh, Josh Green, it's like get to the basket. He can get out and run with it. He can put the ball on the floor and stuff. So there's just a little bit difference. I would say even Derek Lively compared to Dwight. Derek's younger. Derek, you know, has it looks like an antelope out there when he's running full speed. He's just a monster, you know, and he just has more size and younger. uh, Yeah, more athletic and everything. So I think the Ross, I mean, even adding if Derek Jones is in there and not Josh, you still have another athletic 
you know, guy out there that's going to get out and run. Do you know how high an antelope can jump? It's probably pretty high. Give me a number in feet or meters. Uh, Luca, Luca said Wemby is two meters today, and I thought that was funny. I'm going to go with the antelope can jump six and a half feet. Ten feet for an antelope. Wow. Yeah. I need to up my animal planet knowledge. That's always one of the facts on the uh, the safari at Disney. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> go on the safari and you see the antelope. But but yeah, they, they've got to get out and run a little bit more. They can do it. They've got the tools to do it. It's, an emphasis, it's something they've emphasized, something I'm looking for in the next... 10 games. All right. I think we've gotten through two of these, three of these. We have. <laughs> in, in, in the next segment, we're going to cover six more. <laughs> Classic lockdown mass fashion. We'll do that coming up. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. All right, Isaac, let's talk about some more things we're looking for in the first 10 games. We've got a lot, and we're very passionate about all these. We've gotten through, what, two or three of them? Uh I want to look at how the rotation shakes out. This is the obvious one. This is the reason why we're, we're, we're talking about this today. Does Josh Green take the starting spot? Does Derek Jones Jr. stand out with the starters if he does get starters minutes? There was, you know, I think Brad Townsend reported that the Mavericks game notes say that Derek Jones Jr. will start against the Spurs. The game notes is just Mavs PR get, making their best guess at what the starting lineup is going to be. It's not front. It's not straight from Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd doesn't submit it to the people that make it uploads them. He's like, he, he texts it to the guy making the, the game notes like portfolio or whatever. So I'm looking for that. Like who, who steps out? Can XM be the sixth man? What happens with the Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, Jaden Hardy trio? Does Omax make an impact or does he end up spending time in Frisco in the first 10 games? Can Rashawn Holmes help out at all? Like those are the things I'm looking at for the rotation in the first 10 games. Yeah, I didn't put the rotation on there. Uh, just because I thought like you don't care you about looking, it. No, I do. I thought you're. I thought this whole exercise was kind of like about the rotation a little bit. But started there, and then I I, I had more pressing things at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see who, who starts as that you know the fifth spot. I do expect Lively to start, but like who's the? Is it Josh? Is it you know? Is it Jones? Is it? Do we see Dante Exum in three games? You know. Yeah. Uh, it is the first 10 games truly just like an experiment and he just throws bunch yes. of different dudes out there. That is a hundred percent what I expect. <laughs> here's Exum one night. Here's Tim one night. Here's Derek Jones one. Well, night. cause like, I said this yesterday, they've only seen five minutes of their team really with the, with Luca and Kyrie playing Yeah, cause Kyrie was out and then Luca was out and you're like, okay, we've only seen five minutes of this team. So they don't really know anything fully yet. They know some things, obviously they've gained, they've gained some insight with playing some of the guys, but they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So when everybody's fully healthy, what does the bench unit look like? How much do they play matchups um, instead of just playing their best guys um, that I'm always fascinated by that. Yeah. So that how the rotation shakes out. I've got two more. One of them is on Derek Lively. Yeah. W- one of mine's on Derek Lively and just, I mean, what are we watching the first 10 games? Derek Lively. <laughs> just 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 him i am gonna watch him for sure i mean if there's just like i he, i just want to see how how he looks how he looks in the nba how he looks in non-preseason like legit regular season basketball um and you know there's i was looking at you know my fifth thing on my list was the denver game 
Like I want to see what they, I want to see what not just lively looks against like Jokic, but just this whole team looks like yeah. against Denver. Do they go in and just get absolutely annihilated? Uh, and it's just a little bit of like, okay, okay. We're still working on some things, but it's not like if they win, you think they're winning the title, but if they go in there and it's like a really good game uh, or they, you know, they win that game or, you know, it's a single digit loss and they were really like issue it, it. Then it's a, you see the potential of that because Denver's just kind of the measuring stick. They're the, I think they're the best team in the West and showed it to what, what does Dallas look like against Denver uh, early on this, in the season? I, I'm curious about that. Specifically with lively for me, I'm looking at, does he get and keep the starting spot? Jason Kidd has kind of like waffled back and forth on that one. And then where does he look overwhelmed in the first 10 games? Like the Denver game. Does he look overwhelmed against Jokic? Probably. Most most do. Anthony Davis did at, at times in the in the opening game. Does he look overwhelmed rebounding against Biggs? We kind of saw him against Gobert a little bit. There were times when he looked overwhelmed, times when he played really well. Does he look overwhelmed playing post-defense against Biggs? Jokic is a good one to test that with. Does he look overwhelmed picking up guards and pick and roll? That's going to happen every once in a while. And how does he look in that? We... We expect him to project out as a guy that can switch out because he's pretty mobile and he's quick and he can recover well, like and he's you know intelligent. But does he look overwhelmed early on? And how how overwhelmed does he look in those three instances? I'm really looking at for lively. And then the Luca Luca had a quote about him today. Honestly, from the first day until now, he's improved a lot and talking about how he follows and talking about how he was talking trash today. And he said he was talking trash at practice. And he Luca said I went to him afterwards and said. We got to keep that up. Keep that up during the game. Keep that mentality. And if if he keeps that up and Grant Williams keeps that up, then all of a sudden there's a vibe and an energy with this team that Luka can really vibe with. And yeah. that that's what gets Luka excited is when guys do that. That's what – I think that's what he loved about Dorian, that Doe would, like, hit a three and look at the other team's bench and turn around and, like, talk crap and all that. Like, he gets excited about that kind of stuff. And last year, last year's team got so timid and quiet and they just kind of like wrinkled up in the corner and died and then they <laughs> – Tanked those last two games and that was just done. Lively gets a tech with a ref and oh. is, uh, with Tony Brothers and Luke is like, yeah, yes, <laughs> you are my guy. <laughs> you, my guy. Grant's going to get thrown out of a game for a, a Luca foul just in one of these games. I can't, I can't wait for that. I'm excited for that too. Uh, I had one more. How many do you have? I have one more, yeah. We did pretty, we did pretty good. Give me your last one. Uh, defense. Yeah, I mean yeah, this. Was this was team. number. This was number three uh, on my list behind uh, Lucas Health and Luca and Kyrie duo. Is it, you know no surprise here or no shocker that the Mavericks sucked last year at defense. So uh, you know this is one of the top things this year that you know I, I feel like uh, you know offense we can sit here and dissect it as much as we want and talk pace and talk about how Luca and Kyrie are gonna you know figure their stuff out and all that. Deep down, I don't think we're really that worried about offense uh, because you have yeah, somebody like no, Luka right. and you have Kyrie and the numbers you know, look good last year, all that stuff. The thing that did not look good was defense, and they got to figure that out. You know, And Luka and Kyrie, it's not like they're making an all-defensive team. So then at that point, how do, you, how do you surround those guys? Uh, it's Grant. It's you know, Lively down low. What's the other spot look like? Can Derek Jones Jr. guard the other point guards? Uh, can he take on the Dorian Finney-Smith type of role? Is it Does Josh take a hold of that? There's a lot of that rotation-wise that I'm fascinated by defense. Does Exum play over a Jaden Hardy because defense? Uh, what it, Just how they look defensively as a team, rotation, everything. 
uh, that's one of the top things that a lot of us are looking for. It's huge. Yeah. This, the segue earlier took me to, to offense, but I wanted to make that same point that you just made that defense is still more important. Like I really am looking at, I'll be looking at defense and I'll probably do watchbacks on subtext, just going through defense and defensive plays. And I'll focus on that a lot more than offense. Probably does Grant Williams step up as a defensive leader. Can we hear him? Right. Can yeah. we hear that on I the broadcast? We'll all hear him. Well, you'll hear him in some capacity or another, but do we hear him on defense specifically as that leader? Like, can Derek Lively affect the defense? I want to look at, after the first 10 games, I want to look at Derek Lively's on-off numbers with defense and see Mm. if there's any kind of impact there. And then, just overall, does it look more cohesive? Because all training camp, all preseason, everything that everyone's ever told us when we've asked questions about defense, it's all about effort, it's all about rotations, it's all about everybody just knowing their role and making sure that they do it and, and execute it. How do you get better at defense? I asked Maxi, I asked Luca, I asked Kyrie, I asked everybody. I asked everybody. And all they said was, we've just all got to be better at it collectively and make a decision to be good and to be more cohesive and, and all that. Okay, well, if it's all an effort, it's all that, then that's what I'm going to look at. I'm going to look at the effort. I'm going to look at the intentionality of, of their defense and see if it gets better. And so I'm, I'm definitely looking can, at defense. Can, can they beat? Do we think that they're going to be a top six or seven defense? No. But can they be in the top half? Like no. that's, that's, <laughs> that's going to be huge for this team yeah. that, you know, if you can be in the top half, if you could be, gosh, man, just get the 14, you know, like God, it's 17. the 13th in, in the, <laughs> in the league of defense, that would be huge, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if it's a, is it a roster makeup type of thing of who you have on the team? Or is it a effort thing? Is it a defensive scheme thing? We'll see. Maybe it's Fenty. Maybe it's Mabley. I've got two stats on defense for you that I've been I've been I've been, talked about this summer, but I haven't brought up in a while. Yeah, the did Maverick, you write them down with your pen? I wrote them down with with my pen here. I'm, I'll write them down on the screen for everyone. The Mavericks last season, al- like allowed 24 percent of their shots uh, at the rim. This is not the right number. Hold on, let me do the other one. The Mavericks allowed. Are you sure, that's the right number. I wrote it down. In, I wrote it down incorrectly. I'm going to do right. the one I wrote down. The Mavericks in the mid range allowed the team shot 41.3% against them two years ago when their defense was good. That was seventh in the NBA. So they were good at defending mid-range shots. Last yeah. year, they allowed teams to shoot 45.5%. That was 27th. So they dropped all the way. So the mid-range is a huge part of what the Mavericks allow and what the Mavericks like got really killed by last year in this one. And so that's what I'm really looking at for them is can they be better defending the mid-range and kind of a, allow less less bad mid-range shots, right? Like, like that's sort of the thing that I'm, I'm looking at with this team. Less bad, mid-range. less bad mid-range shots. They also, in um, like in allowing shots at the rim, l- last year at the rim, they allowed 34% of the shots that they the teams took against them were at the rim, 34%. That was 17th. The year before, it was 32%. So it was only 2% difference but they did allow more shots at the rim. They were 12th two years ago. They were 17th last year. So they're allowing more shots at the rim. The accuracy of those shots. Team shot 68% at the rim against the Mavs last year. That was awful. They shot 66.5% the year before. So these small little changes where they're allowing more shots at the rim and the shots that they're allowing are going in more often changed everything. And then the mid then add the mid-range shots to it. Like they just, it just was a recipe for it like a decline and they did decline. Yeah. They de- they declined hard with it too. The dam kind of broke for them on that. Mm. So 
I'm looking at the rim. Can they allow less shots at the rim? And can they deter more shots at the rim with Derek Lively? And in the mid-range, can they make teams take tougher mid-range shots and make guys that they don't want to take mid-range shots make them? Because they basically were allowing guys that want to take mid-range shots last year to take all the mid-range shots that they wanted. Yeah. Did my, did my pen make sense with my, with my numbers? Yeah, I wrote it all down. Let us know what you're watching in the first 10 games in the comment section. Let us know on Twitter. Oh, man, we're excited about this first game. We'll have a post-game pod for you, uh, so we'll be able to break that game down right away. So you stick with us. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this show. We'll have that tomorrow. We'll have a game on Friday as well. Saturday, I think we're doing like Saturday, like 2 p.m. Central. We'll do the Isaac Farewell Live. And so come back. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom!